0: On this week's episode of the podcast, me and Drew complete the saga and the many, many sins of Silvio Berlusconi, the infamous former owner of AC Milan.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: Oh yeah, you crushed it, boy. You did so well. <laughs> thank you, thank you.
1: Sounded so creepy there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's and, and we're gonna go there. We're gonna get creepy. So you better buckle up, listeners, because this is Deadbol Deadbolt Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy, oh-so-double-vaccinated dose of stupidity. Brought to you, as always, brought to you, as always, by our, our podcasting network, Blue Wire Podcast, and hosted by us, your favorite vaccinated brothers, me, Adam Whitaker-Snavely, joined, as always, by my real-life brother.
1: Drew Snavely and Adam, I have been anticipating the return of um uh of obviously deadball brothers but i've highly been anticipating this second half of the story that we opened up i don't know a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago um and we you left everybody me included on a little on a little cliffhanger so i'm excited to to dive into that
0: yeah, we have been away for a bit, and that's just kind of been the way that life has been going for the two of us lately. There's been several things, some some major life changes even for at least one of us, uh, and possibly major life changes that is occurring for the other one of us at some point in the near future. So there's been a lot of things on our plates, and we are very sorry that we have not been uploading very consistently, but... Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, things are settling back down. We will be back to your reg- regularly scheduled double dose of stupidity whenever you need it, which hopefully will be about once a week, maybe twice a week, when we need to catch up on things. And that's just how it's going to go.
1: Re- regularly, regularly scheduled,
0: <laughs> Red- regularly scheduled stupidity. You know? <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the way we do yeah, things around here. Uh,
1: I, I guess we we talk about soccer now at this point, uh, r- at least recent at least recent well, we do. soccer news. Um, we usually talk about Manchester United a little bit, and then we get into Dortmund a little bit. But um, I mean, hey, the the Red Devils look like they uh, could be uh, Europa kings once again, thanks to uh, the and they are not
0: European Super and League they, members. Oh my gosh! As well. Yeah, uh,
1: since we since we have. Uh, recorded our last episode, the Super League came to be and
0: also uh, died. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of things that definitely lasted a whole lot longer than the European Super League. It must be said, I it think was my very shortly.
1: Fact about the European Super League is that uh, Jose Mourinho was the only and will be the only ever. Uh, manager to be sacked um from the European Super League his European Super League club so yeah
0: that feels appropriate that feels like it, it yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense that that's how that should it real, go it really, you know? really is but yeah, you have Manchester United who are making some waves in the Europa League. We have uh, Borussia Dortmund who are playing, actually, incredibly soon as we record this. Uh, on the. Uh, they're playing their DFB Pokal uh, semi-final match against Holstein Kiel. Uh, and they also suddenly, somehow, have worked their way back into the Champions League conversation in the Bundesliga where they were, I think, six points adrift of, of fourth place just a, a couple weeks ago. They are now one point out of fourth and two points out of third. So, things are looking significantly sunnier, I think, on, on my side of the club ball. And things are looking pretty decent for Manchester United as well.
1: They, uh, Dortmund is, is clawing back, and it's still going to be a, a tough... Fight to get to finish top four because they don't have the easiest schedule to finish on. Um, but I I have no doubt that they'll be able to. It's uh, it's almost unimaginable thinking about uh, Erling Holland not being in the Champions League. I I don't want that. Nobody wants that.
0: Well, well, Erling Holland will. You be think in the he's Champions definitely League getting sold? Year, probably because he. Oh, I think he's gonna get sold. Really, my guy. after just
1: one season?
0: I mean, no. I, I think unless, uh, basically, unless like Real Madrid and Manchester City all try to like lowball Dortmund on him, uh, then yeah, they'll they'll cough up the cash for him because he's possibly the most valuable player in the world at this point, or maybe not the most valuable player in the world, but most valuable prospect in the world. Yeah,
1: I think I think Mbappe is probably number one, but Holland is, Holland is, is close behind for sure.
0: Yeah. I I think that Sancho and and Holland are both gone. This, this coming transfer window and b b will be uh, starting. Maybe who knows? Maybe we'll start (laughs) Makuku. top. (laughs) I, I don't know why I pronounce his name like that. The cuckoo for Um,
1: I'm so dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was no, no, that's why they come. That's why they come here. They're interested in um, this, Drew. That's why the people love us. Uh, so, the, the reason
1: why I thought that Holland wanted to be sold this. This transfer window, this one that's coming up, is just because Dortmund seems to just sell one superstar a window uh, or every every summer, and I thought it was Sancho's turn to to leave. But
0: it's definitely San- it's definitely Sancho's turn. Uh, but I think that you'll see. Probably a couple, especially uh, well, especially if Dortmund don't make the Champions League. If Dortmund don't make the Champions League, I think they have to sell both Sancho and Holland. I
1: I really hope that we uh, we can land Sancho. That'd be that'd be some fun. But thank
0: the you. Best of luck, luck to you. you. Yeah.
1: I, I think it's safe to say that yeah. <laughs> that Manchester United are going to qualify for Champions League. We're uh, pretty pretty solidly in in second place, uh, despite drawing. Oh, who do we who do we just draw I I forget who we just drew in the league but it doesn't really matter that much I it, the 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 top 4 <laughs> like to see who gets third and fourth place in the league will be really really interesting this this year just because there's so many
0: Yeah it is a it is a really tight so many
1: race. teams uh like four four or five teams that are within two one or two points because you have like West Ham, mm-hmm. Chelsea, Leicester, Liverpool. Uh I mean, Arsenal's like way down. Spurs are way down now. They're they're probably out. Um I guess I guess you could say Aston Villa maybe, but they're 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 lower too. But it'll be it'll be uh it'll be a fun finish. I don't think that there has been a a crazy race like this for top four in a while. Last year, on the last day of the season, Manchester United beat Leicester to finish third, um, and Leicester subsequently dropped out of the top four, uh, which is unfortunate for them. Uh, But very great (laughs) for for Manchester United fans. (laughs) But that was about all the drama there was last last year. So it'll it'll be it'll be fun. Uh, but that I don't know. That's probably enough uh, Premier League for for everybody's liking.
0: Enough. Yeah we we have we have made it to the point in time where we have we have set ourselves up enough. We have we have you know talked a little bit of shop just just hanging out, dudes being guys, guys being dudes, bros being bros. <laughs> And now it's time to get into the, a little bit of history because we, we do have a story to finish, and I, and I do think this is the part where it gets really interesting. Give, give the people, so, are give you the ready, people
1: Drew? what they want. Give me what I want. I want the second half of the story.
0: <laughs>
1: Tell me about Silvio okay. Berlusconi. <laughs> All right, sounds he, good. He, when you finished the last episode, said that he was running for president of Italy, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and yep, yep. <laughs> did you say that he won at the end of the last episode? He became the president. Uh, that is precisely oh, that is what I so said. So crazy to me.
0: <laughs> so let's let's get into that. Let's mm-hmm. unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So as you recall from part one of our Silvio Ber- Berlusconi extravaganza, Berlusconi was a very rich man who learned the value of being friends with the people who make the rules. Paid them off very well to make sure that he could get even wealthier. He bought AC Milan, and then he found himself in hot water, thanks to most of his politician friends all getting busted for corruption, something which he was also doing. So he decided to run for Italian prime minister. No president. It's prime minister. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. And he won. Yep. Silvio Berlusconi created his own political party which he promptly named the Forza Italia party, or basically let's go Italy, <laughs> um, <Heck yeah. laughs> which should tell you a lot about how many political ideas Berlusconi had in general. <laughs> um, perhaps somewhat understandably, many Italian people were feeling particularly disenfranchised and cynical about politicians in general, considering a ton of their politicians just got arrested for corruption. Um, Berlusconi, a political outsider, but one who was admired for his general can-do charisma, was therefore popular with a lot of Italian voters. Uh, Berlusconi, he was he was this he was not a politician, you know, he was this outside guy. It was it was and he was all about Forza Italy. That's that's he was popular. Does any of this sound familiar to us, uh, Drew? Oh man. And American no. people.
1: Oh geez. Uh I'm trying to – the name is, like, right on the tip of my tongue, but I just – for the life of me, can't – We
0: don't have to say it.
1: Can't even remember. Uh, Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. That guy. Crazy how that That happens. (laughs) That guy was a guy. That guy was a guy. That guy
0: was a guy. (laughs) (laughs) So, Berlusconi promised a liberal revolution, quote, unquote which mostly had to do with his free spending tendencies, which there are a lot of that we'll get to shortly. Uh, Soon after winning the prime minister position, Berlusconi was actually forced to resign only about half a year after his election victory, thanks to some members of his cabinet opting out when they heard news that more corruption cases were on the way. And also Lega Nord, one of the parties that Forza Italia had formed the presiding government coalition with, left the coalition which meant the government was no longer valid which meant Berlusconi was no longer the prime minister that's how a lot of as i was like, that's, that's kind of similar to how england works too yes, where yes. a lot of the time your own party is not enough to form a majority so you have parties that form coalitions and yeah. then those co- that coalition will form the legal government yes um so Berlusconi basically had to step down only around about like six months after he was elected Prime Minister of Italy. Um, he quickly formed an opposition party, and the next election for Prime Minister, he actually lost. But don't feel too bad for him, because he won again in 2001 and actually Silvio Berlusconi would end up serving as Italian prime minister on four different occasions.
1: Oh my god. From the early
0: 90s all the way up to 2013. What? That's crazy.
1: So he yep. he he got big into politics.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he became like primarily a politician. That's crazy. That it that is crazy but he owned AC Milan yeah, throughout yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No conflicts of interest there.
0: <laughs> Which some might say is a conflict <laughs> of interest possibly. <laughs> uh, so all the while Silvia was gallivanting around in the political world, AC Milan was also chugging along. In the 90s they won 5 Scudettos in 92, 93, 94, 96 and 1999. They won another Champions League title in 1994 and added one more in 2003, followed by another Serie A title in 2004. This takes us right up to some very familiar names now. We have people like Andrea Pirlo, Andrei Shevchenko, Chelsea Legend, <laughs> Clarence Seydorf, Rui Costa, Pippo Inzaghi. We have Alessandro Nesta and a 21-year-old Brazilian named Kaká. Kaká. Yeah, that team was nasty. It really was. Um, Carlo Ancelotti retired from his own playing days with AC Milan. Took the reins as the new club manager in the early 2000s. Uh, the successes were fewer and farther between. In the aughts, they only had uh, they only won one more Serie A title that decade, as well as one more Champions League. And it's kind of weird to think about, but yes, after the dominance of the late 80s and the 90s, it was a little bit strange for AC Milan to go for a decade and only win two Scudettos and two Champions Leagues. That, those, were, those were light numbers for them. <laughs>
1: yeah, I bet they'd take it
0: now, though. <laughs> Ooh, you are correct, my friend, <laughs> because Lord knows they're not doing too hot these oh, days, no. which is another topic that we will get into soon.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: um, so Carlo Ancelotti took the reins as the head coach uh, and the manager of AC Milan. And while they were not necessarily as dominant, they were still a very, very good team. Um, they were, and and importantly, this and this is very important for, for Berlusconi in particular, this was also the time that AC Milan was still a very glamorous club, a place where the best players in the world still played. So even with slightly less trophies, the club were still doing very well and and doing the things that Berlusconi wanted them to do. They were still able to have people like Zlatan Ibrahimovic eventually. Eventually you had you had David Beckham play there for like a hot second. Yeah. Um, they brought in Ronaldinho for a little bit. So yeah, there was there was a, still a a bit of glitz and glamor around AC Milan as a club. And now we get to the part where we talk about how this Berlusconi guy that was kind of this lovable public figure, a guy people knew probably bent the rules in his favor, but they kind of were like, they did the finger gun thing. This guy, this guy, Um, kind kind of, yeah, Forza Italia. Um, (laughs) Now we're going to talk about how he's actually a pretty terrible person. Because who would have thought the stupid rich guy who ran for prime minister to try to avoid investigators opening cases against him was actually not a great guy? Who would have thought?
1: Um, uh, Not me.
0: (laughs) So in total, over the course of his life, Silvio Berlusconi has been involved in, in, as far as I can tell, 32 separate trials, spanning from investigations that began in 1988 to some trials that are still currently ongoing. The crimes he was acquitted of, these are just the crimes he was accused of and, and courts found him innocent of, included bribing judges, bribing tax auditors, false accounting of a, about 10 billion Italian lira, General tax evasion, one specific instance of evading taxes on 10 million euros for a TV deal, a lot more tax evasion and false accounting, and one antitrust law violation. Cases which were discharged for one reason or another include extortion and creating an advertising cartel, (laughs) um, abuse of office, lots of bribery in various sectors, various connections to the mafia, And connection to the massacres of 1992 and 1993, which I believe are referring to the Cappache bombing, which killed five people, and the Via Palestro massacre, which was a car bombing that killed another five people, both of which were carried out by the Sicilian Mafia, or as they are sometimes known, the Cosa Nostra. Wow. And he's connected to all that. Um, he was allegedly connected to all of that and it went to trial for his connections to the mafia and to those specific terrorist attacks that the mafia carried out and he was acquitted of those charges. Wow. All right. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> now let's talk about the crimes he was at least initially convicted of. Because we haven't even got to those. Okay. He was convicted of bribing judges. He was convicted of bribing our guy, Bettino Craxi, the former prime minister of Italy. He was convicted of bribing a lawyer named David Mills. He was convicted of abuse of office and wiretapping conversations that were eventually publicly published he was convicted of false accounting and falsifying documents regarding the transfer of player Gigi Lentini from Torino to AC Milan in 1992, which included a transfer fee that made Lentini the most expensive player in the world at the time and alleged that Berlusconi had paid more money to Torino for the forward, but they did it under the table. So they didn't have to do taxes and, and documents and, and lots of stuff because, you know, numbers are made up to this guy. Yeah. Um, He was convicted on three separate instances of false accounting and embezzlement regarding Fininvest, as well as another instance of false accounting regarding the company Buonaparte. And he was convicted of committing perjury in relation to uh, a libel court case. And here's the thing, Drew. What's that? None of those convictions stand today. and we are
1: back for the second half of the second half of the Silvio Berlusconi episode episodes <laughs> um adam he i mean nobody nobody gets charged with all these things and is is innocent i, <laughs> I feel it's like it's so so rare uh when when you're getting countless countless charges thrown against you. It you're probably um you, you're probably doing something wrong, right? <laughs> um, but but you're saying that that Berlusconi was was convicted of of so many things from uh tax evasion to uh wiretapping. <laughs> uh, but none of those charges stand today
0: that is exactly what i said that is correct
1: okay just wanted to make sure that we were we were on the same page
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so basically here is the pattern because you remember that i said silvio berlusconi originally ran for prime minister because he wanted to try to get out of some of the investigations and 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 crimes that he was being investigated for you recall that yes yes do you also recall the time where I said he ended up being elected to prime, as prime minister three more times? I do. I do remember that. Yeah.
1: So he was elected so, prime, prime minister. Here's
0: basically... Okay. <laughs> after, after he'd been charged. Here's basically how, how things oh went down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Here's how things went down. Basically... Because Berlusconi was elected prime minister throughout the time periods that these court cases were going on at various points in time, whenever Berlusconi and his party re-entered seats of power in Italy, they would typically change laws that Berlusconi had been convicted of being in violation of, and he would subsequently be acquitted of those convictions based on laws being changed or the fact that they just no longer existed at all. So they just kind of went through, and if, if he had some trouble that he was going like to have to do anything for or be penalized for, they would change the law, or the law would just no longer exist. And he would then be free of charges, because the law doesn't exist. How can he have broken a law that doesn't exist?
1: Yeah, that's upsetting. Definitely upsetting.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Very, very much so. Um, so to my knowledge, only one of his convictions has ever like stuck permanently, uh, which was a tax evasion charge that he was sentenced to five years imprisonment for actually, but he never served any of that time because at the time that he was convicted of it, he was too old. Apparently that is a thing in Italy. You can be too old for prison, (laughs) which sounds actually great. It sounds like a thing that, that should be a thing everywhere, but that is a thing in Italy that is not a thing here.
1: I oh don't know. There are some old creeps out there.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to talk about one of them. <laughs> okay. It's the plan from the very beginning of Berlusconi's career, just rehashed over and over again. He also still has two ongoing court cases, by the way, one involving bribery and the other a defamation case. But this still doesn't really encapsulate how trash of a person Silvio Berlusconi was and is. This does, however. In 2010, a girl named Karima El Mahoug was arrested in Milan on charges of theft. Soon after her arrest at the time, Silvio Berlusconi called the chief of police in Milan and told him to release the girl at once because he claimed she was the niece of Egyptian president Hosni Mubarak, who was the president at the time in Egypt. And that's basically kind of a a recipe for diplomatic disaster. You don't want to arrest a family member of of some other foreign nationals, you know, government major power player. Um, Soon enough, this girl was released. El-Mahrug, however, had some stories to tell about Silvio Berlusconi. She had, apparently, attended a few parties at Berlusconi's mansion. At one such party, Berlusconi paid her 7,000 euros and also gave her jewelry, which she accepted. She claimed that she did not sleep with Berlusconi, but she was 17 years old at the time. Uh, yeah. That's, that's no bueno. Mm -hmm. It is not. Not at all. Uh, Berlusconi basically uh, was charged with soliciting a minor, allegedly having sex with an underage prostitute, and abuse of office regarding her release from police custody in the original case of theft. And this is the part where we get to how... The words uh the the term bunga bunga came into the general knowledge of the soccer sphere because okay. people started to learn about Silvio Berlusconi's sex parties, which uh, were a thing uh, okay, yeah,
1: yeah, not surprised
0: um apparently yeah <laughs> no no um apparently, it was more or less common for. Berlusconi to host these parties at his mansion and uh frequently would have sex with people and or um have or watch other people uh engage in sexual acts um and the basically this investigation into this whole thing kind of revealed how most of the time a ton of these people that were attending were young actresses and performers, some of them underage. Um, and they would allegedly attend these sex parties with Berlusconi at his mansion in the hopes of being paid money and advancing their own careers in the entertainment industry. Um, Berlusconi Yikes. was convicted on charges of paying for sex with a minor and, Public office malfeasance leveled against him in 2013, and he was sentenced to seven years in prison and he was banned from public office in Italy for life. Uh that's probably like
1: two decades too late, but I mean I guess uh better
0: better than never. In two thousand fourteen, Berlusconi and his lawyers appealed that decision. He won the appeal and was acquitted of all charges related to the matter. The appeal was further upheld in a challenge in 2015. Good Lord. I, I keep on thinking of the, the
1: Jesse Pinkman uh, meme where he's like screaming like up to the sky. He can't keep getting away with this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from from <Yep>. Breaking Bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sylvia Berlusconi is kind of the epitome of he can't keep getting away with this. Yeah. He just keeps getting away with this. It's it is, it is just, just what happens. Um, and that was a huge scandal at the time, and kind of enveloped Berlusconi and and also to a certain extent AEC Milan and and Italian politics for three, three, four, five years. And even then, at the end of it, he wasn't. He didn't have to serve any jail time on it really he 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 was in the eyes of the law, he is completely innocent uh and the he, law that
1: he changed over and over and over again
0: yeah, yes, this is true this is something that he did um and he didn't even have to sell a soccer club this entire time. he still is the owner of a c milan oh he's he still is the owner. No, not today, but um, in, no, at this no, time, no. in like 2013, 2014, he's still the owner of AC Milan at gotcha, that point gotcha. in time. Yeah. Now, if you look at the trajectory of AC Milan and compare it to the frequency of Berlusconi's court cases, you'll notice the frequency of court cases really going up in the mid to late 2000s. Um, there's, there starts to be a lot of stuff that he is fighting all at the same time and not coincidentally at all. That's also when AC Milan started going downhill because all those trials and lawyers and things of that nature, Stephen A. Smith would say they are expensive. (laughs) Yeah. And Berlusconi was seemingly always fighting off some court case or another. So AC Milan, Won the Champions League in 2007. And the next year, Carlo Ancelotti departs to go coach at Chelsea. And Kaká becomes the most expensive player in the world when Real Madrid buys him. The Kaká record doesn't last very long, as that's when right kind of on the cusp of uh, transfer fees in general just kind of blowing up uh, in the 2010s. But, yeah. This is kind of the, a little bit of the symbolic end to the glory days in Milan, I feel like, when those two people left. Um, they won Serie A in 2011, uh, and the team has not won the league or any international competition since that time. Yeah. So it has been now been a decade. Been a minute. Where, been a minute. where AEC, Milan, AEC Milan has not won the league. They have not won a Champions League. They have not won a Europa League. They have won one Supercopa Italia uh, in 2016. And I believe that is it. Good. Star players were sold. And newer, <laughs> newer, less expensive players didn't really pan out the way things used to for Milan. There were some good things. There was like the glory days of when uh, we all thought uh, Mario... Mario Balotelli and uh, uh, Stefan El Sharawy would be like the 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 next huge things in Europe. Yeah, yeah,
1: missed on missed on those guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, was a swing and a miss by us. Um, <laughs> although although there was that point in time where Balotelli was legitimately one of the best forwards in Europe. Yeah. It felt like, and and that kind of his early Manchester City stint. It was crazy how um, quick it felt his rise, and
1: then the drop off was just like that, you know.
0: Yeah, yep, yep, very much so. Um, as it became clear that AC Milan were sinking further and further into mediocrity, more or less, they they be, it became clear that. Things weren't going well, and things weren't going to go well. The same fans who once begged Berlusconi to take over the team, the same people that unfurled a giant banner in the stands at an AC Milan game that basically said, Silvio, save us, (laughs) from their old owner, were now begging for someone to come rescue them from Silvio Berlusconi, (laughs) who it seemed could no longer afford to fund... A world class club, yes, because because it does because I don't think he could I, yeah. at this point. Yeah. I, I seriously don't think that he could. Berlusconi finally acquiesced to their requests, probably because he really needed the money. <laughs> yeah. He sold AC Milan in 2016, giving up his most famous international property in and the club that he had once built into a European juggernaut. These days, Berlusconi is anything but a private individual. (laughs) Um, In 2019, Berlusconi announced his intention to get back into politics again and ran for Italy's seat in the European Parliament, which is one of the legislative branches of the European Union.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like
0: most of the other things he did in life, Berlusconi won. And he still serves in the Parliament today as the oldest member of the Assembly. Uh, just because, I guess, I don't know, super trustworthy. He also now owns AC Monza, which is a uh, a lower division side in Italy, who Berlusconi helped get promoted to Serie B for the first time in 20 years last year in 2020. Um, the 84-year-old Berlusconi has made it clear that he would like to see AC Monza in Serie A. Um, because I, I don't, old habits die hard. I guess, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's just what he wants. <laughs> um, and finally, AC Milan, without Berlusconi, have so far managed to win one Supercoppa Italia and join the European Super League for a grand total of two days. They, uh, they really did, just like all the other ones. <laughs> and that is the grand winding, very, very, at times bizarre and at times real gross tale of Silvio Berlusconi. Actually, I feel like we could also do an entire other episode on the failure of his selling the club because he sold the club to this, I believe this Chinese group for like like 740 million euros or something like that. Oh, wow. And after a year, that group, like, defaulted on the payment. And, and so now AC Milan, I, I think AC Milan are owned by, like, some American that his whole thing is he buys up, like, defaulted assets around the world. He's, he's a, a real, like, corporate ghoul, like, awful person kind of figure.
1: Yeah, um,
0: yeah. But his whole thing is, is he, he just, like, seizes assets More or less. And then forces people to pay like him exorbitant rates because they've defaulted on those assets that he has seized and now owns. Um, so yeah, it was like not only was was Silvio Berlusconi, you know, he did all these things, he he was all these things, very very gross. But then immediately after selling the club to a, a different group, which you know AC Milan fans all wanted to happen, that group defaulted on the payments, possibly because they never ever had the money. It might have been a very elaborate, like uh, con kind of situation that was happening. Let's hope. And it would immediately turned over to another group that was kind of just like seizing assets. And I feel like now finally AC Milan, I don't, I don't even know. It feels like they're kind of getting their feet back under them in terms of some of the players they're producing and how they're doing in the league, but they're still not good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a cl- we, Cause we faced AC Milan in, in Europa this season um, before we, thrashed Roma um and it was a it was a close tie i i think we we advanced by by i mean we won our the away leg and we tied the home leg but we only won by one goal so i mean yeah. they're they're close they're close matchups
0: yeah but it, it's so so that is good i suppose but also it's kind of like they at one point in time, AC Milan were, you know, one of the best teams in Europe constantly. And now yeah, they're going yeah. into Europa League matches with Manchester United, and you can't, you can't remotely say that the teams are on the same level, like, at all. No, no, no,
1: Well, and even, like, playing Manchester United close these days isn't anything like it used to be. I mean, we are uh, definitely a step below the, the top, top teams in the world at the moment. We're we're closing yeah. the gap, though. I think.
0: Oh, good. A little bit. A, a little
1: bit. A little bit.
0: <laughs> little by little. Um, I got a bunch of sources to to run through real quick. Yeah, yeah. This, let's do this it. Little two parter. Uh, we have the Associated Press. We have Justin Sherman for these Football Times. We have Tom Sunderland for Bleacher Report. We have Matt Barca, Barker for 442. We have Tommaso Fiore for Sky Sports, and we have FIFA and UEFA for little game records that I was checking out and and going through so I could. Keep track of which players, where we where and and all of that stuff. Uh, but yes, very much thank you to all of those places. Uh, those are resources that you could check out if you want to learn more about some of those cases, some of those things that Silvio Berlusconi did, um, some of those things that he allegedly did not do. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of instances of allegedly in all of those, uh, <laughs> for le- for legal yeah, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well adam thank you for
1: for this story um It was certainly a um fascinating listen uh good to know that uh there is no justice for the rich still the rich and powerful uh, but uh, you know just a, it, it, something it,
0: that you'd love to be reminded of
1: yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that as Silvia Berlusconi was the the owner of AC Milan that they would have lasted longer in the European super league. That's my hot take for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly true. But uh, yeah, thank, thank you for the, thank you for the story. Um, And thank you listeners for, for listening along with us. Um, Finally getting through the, the saga of Silvio Berlusconi after almost a month really. Uh, but if you like this story um, and you're just tuning in, this is your first episode, you can check us out at Deadball Brothers on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Um, but we're really most active on twitter um, that's where that's where Adam's putting out the most the most content. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, but you can also drop us an email at deadballpod at gmail.com with any questions or concerns or stories that you want us to go over. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast, you could give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. We humbly request, uh, not request, we, we ask everybody to give us five stars, but if you don't think that we deserve it, then we don't. Um, and maybe don't even give us any stars, just like skip us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> dro- drop a little haiku that we can share uh, to the world because um, that's one of our favorite things to do here we haven't done we haven't done one in a while but we gotta yeah a, we gotta to get to we, we to have, get a, to review we have a high cues. yeah we gotta we got a couple review high cues next episode um, next
0: episode
1: n- next episode yeah, yeah yeah for sure but um yeah that, that's that's really
0: that's, that's really it. it we usually ra- that's it. wrap it up around around this time right Yep. So sounds like that is the plan. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. And as always, my name is Adam Whitaker Snavely. And I'm Drew. And we will see you very, very soon. Bye-bye.